That video could have been made by Saren's evil forces. It could hold a mental spell of some kind. Perhaps we could use it to strengthen our Star Cruisers. Kevin, God damn it! All right, lads, go home and write your farewell letters to your families. The land of pirates awaits. Pirates ho! Pirates ho! Oh. Ho! Kevin, God damn it! What we do here now will be written and sung about on YouTube for days to come. Yeah! Let us besiege the army of darkness with the courage of dragons. Let us delve their dungeon with swords and sorcery. Let us charge our shields and use photon torpedoes to vaporize the Klingons. Kevin, God damn it. Every fucking time, Kevin. God fucking damn it, seriously. I'm sorry. It's Geek Stuff, TNG. What the fuck is a reboot? We're gonna be rolling out a lot of new things. Where the stars in this piece of shit? Oh, you? I am the sandwich. No one of consequence. You can find me on Xbox at Fat Dumbledore. <laughs> you know what keeps going through my head? Where's my sandwich? To all who come to this happy place, welcome. I am West Coast. How the hell did I get roped into this? Show me what you got! Scotty, beam me up. The force is strong with this one. And I am Big Kev. Hail to the king, baby. Yo, that kid Monty is fired. I have Amigo Isis action figure. Almighty Isis. And here we go. The milkman, the paper boy, evening TV. Did I get delivered here? Somebody tell me, please. So No Kev this week for episode 666, The Number of the Beast. I know, it's horrible. This is like the episode for him. I know, we've been waiting, we've been so excited to have this, the evilest episode ever, and then yeah. No Kev. The we've evilest... been dropping like subtle like hints like, oh, 666 is around the corner. Oh, 666 coming up, guys. Oh, five episodes, 666. Like, we, we have been leading into this. Maybe we should make this episode 665.9999999 and then next week do 666 so Kev can join in. No, uh, actually, in, in honor of Kev not being here due to uh, unseen circumstances, we are calling this week's episode of Geeks of TNG, episode 666. God damn it, Kevin. <laughs> I think that's it. Um, yeah, so let's do the plugs real quick and then we'll jump in here. Uh, 
If you want to uh, participate in the show, you can always follow us on all the social medias, the Facebooks, the Twitters, the Instagrams. It's GeekStuffTNG on all of those places. Uh, hopefully, you are seeing some great content over on the Facebook page that uh, Kev himself is curating, and we're trying to do the same thing on the Instagrams and the Twitters. Twitterverse. Um, but again, we're having a Instagram Live, uh, what do you call it, password snafu as usual so, so in the spirit of episode 666 everything has gone to hell uh, uh, get it and uh we lost uh access to the login for the instagram live so this week we will not be doing instagram live but uh, we next week we'll be back with a vengeance that's right and we'll put we'll put the episode we'll put the zoom recording up on the patreon so the uh instagram live tier can still uh catch that it just won't be going out live live it'll be recorded live to tape uh so speaking of uh the Patreons, if you check us out over on patreon.com forward slash geekstufftng, for just a dollar a month, you can support the show and get access to our Discord server. For $3 a month, it's the early bird special. You get the episodes typically the day after we record. We record on Monday, so you usually get the episodes Tuesday afternoon. Uh, for $5 a month, it's the bonus round where you get uh, episodes of the Sandwich Shop. This week was what? Beverly Hills Cop 2? Beverly Hills Cop 2. And then uh, uh, twice a month, you get vintage episodes of Geek Stuff. Uh, the Big Kev's Geek Stuff program on the 1st and 15th. I believe on the 15th of this month, it will be episode 71. Yeah, I think it's 71. Yeah, the gang's all here, and that's already in the shoot, ready to go. And then for $10 a month, you typically get to watch us live on Instagram, or at least get to watch <laughs> the recording of it live. And again, this one will go up over on the Patreons. And if you want to participate in the show even more than that, you can call us on the GVM line. 201-730-2547. Or you can send us an email. At geekstufftng at gmail.com. And we will make every effort to answer and address the emails, and you may hear yourself on a future episode of Geek Stuff TNG from the voicemail. So let's jump in. Episode 666, more death and destruction. Yes. America's dad, yes. Bob Saget, the nicest, filthiest comic out there. I mean, he's filthy in his jokes and yet he was on one of the most wholesome family oriented tv shows ever like he, so what's funny is growing up i watched full house a lot because that was on like nick at night at, at like eight o'clock for me growing up me kevin remember that as well and um full house would be on for like three hours two hours it feels like so i watched <laughs> a lot of full house so that was my introduced introduction to bob saget and then, you know, I saw like older episodes, older reruns of like America's Funniest Video Home Videos. And then I found out he was a comedian beyond that. And yeah, it, it wasn't, I was expecting like full house show, like clean jokes. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing. He He's, he's, it's almost like an extra joke. Like it's irony that he's on such a family show because, and same thing with even America's Funniest Home Videos, right? Which is, you know, very you know, broad comedy, like watered down, no, nothing really controversial uh, on yeah. that. And then if you ever, so if anybody that would go see him in a comedy club from Full House or from, you know, thinking, oh, this is the guy from Full House or this is the guy from America's Funniest Home Videos, yeah, they would like, you know, jaws on the floor, just shocked at how filthy he was. Yeah, yeah, Danny Tanner was the, <laughs> you had a potty mouth on him yeah. <laughs> you listen to him in the comedy shows. And, and also, though, especially if, you know, you see all the outpouring of love on, on, on Twitter, on social media. I mean, he just clearly was a very nice person. I mean, you know, oh, yeah. and, and it's, so it's just a, a, a very sad loss. 
Um, if you want an example of how filthy he could be, so have you ever? First of all, do you know the joke, the aristocrats? No. Okay, it's a very famous filthy joke, and it's one of those jokes where you know there's a setup and there's a punchline, and then in the middle you can talk and and tell a story about anything you want. It doesn't matter, and as long as you come to the ending, but it's filthy and it's supposed to kind of build and get dirtier and dirtier and dirtier and dirtier until you get to the punchline, which I won't tell if you really want to see Bob Saget at his best telling a filthy joke. There was a documentary called The Aristocrats about this joke. So if you go all the way back to 9-11, the first time uh, Gilbert Gottfried was out at some event kind of pretty close after 9-11 and he told a joke and then kind of people got got upset and kind of booed or whatever because they weren't ready for comedy. And then he goes, oh, come on. And then he tells the aristocrats joke, which, again, is very, very filthy. So the filmmakers, I think it was Penn from Penn and Teller uh, mm-hmm. and, and somebody else, they decided to make a documentary about a, the, a, a joke that's world famous with comedians and maybe not that well known with the rest of the world because it's just so – it's a joke that comedians tell other comedians because you can just – improv it and make up the middle and do whatever you want anyway bob saget's version of the aristocats Arist- i always say aristocats the aristocrats has nothing to do with the disney film um disney man yeah it is is hilarious and i would highly recommend watching the documentary documentary the aristocrats again you'll get to hear the joke told by a lot of great comedians and you know each one is dirtier than the next and i do think that bob saget's was about the dirtiest one in the whole show <laughs> Um, so yeah, so, uh, you know, farewell to, uh, Mr. Bob Saget. Oh yeah, no, the, the world definitely lost one of its lights. Geek stuff. What's in the news? Um, so let's kind of look at some other just general news or something that I don't know that if, if Kev will be interested in talking about this when he come back, but, uh, how familiar are you with the idea of the public domain? So that's basically like you copyright something. And then, I mean, I know, like, for songs, like, you have 75 years, and then it hits, like, public domain, and then, like, anyone could just use it. But right. like, public domain is, like, you don't have to pay copyrights for anything, essentially, it, right? Essentially, yeah. Once something is old enough, it goes into the public domain. Like King Arthur and shit. Yeah. I mean, you know, and so uh, what just went into the public domain this year, Winnie the Pooh, the character of Winnie the yeah. Pooh. Now, Disney owns a version of Winnie the Pooh, but the original A.A. A. Milne... Winnie the Pooh mm-hmm. is in the public yeah. domain. The old stories that you see, like uh, like the Dickens stuff, right? Like Christmas Carol is in the public domain. And that's why everybody can mm-hmm. do their version of Christmas Carol and nobody has to pay shit and everybody loves it. So it's kind of like you just look at what goes in the public domain and then you're going to see, you know, the Muppets version of that. The, the you know, cartoons can just do whatever they want. And so, mm-hmm. so yeah, so there was a couple of Kafka ones. A version of, a filmed version of Faust is old enough to be, like, so movies are going are in the public domain, but pretty oh, early sure. ones. So it's just kind of something interesting at the beginning of every year. So, those kind of lists come out, and it's... it's well, my question is, so Winnie the Pooh is now public domain, so anyone can just use it. So are we going to get, like... So that doesn't affect Disney, because I know Disney is big into Winnie the Pooh. Right, so if you, if you animated a character that looked like Disney's Winnie the Pooh, Right. Yeah. Then they would. They would may have some. They they would. No matter what, they're going to fight it in court. Right. Yeah. But if you were to write a story about a a boy and his bear named Winnie the Pooh, 
Mm-hmm. That the, that character's in the public domain now. They would have a. I mean, they're still probably going to sue your ass because they're Disney. But I don't think. I mean, they would have a much harder time winning that lawsuit, right? Now, now I want like a hardcore, like post-apocalyptic <laughs> Winnie the Pooh, where it's like Christopher Robin is like an old grizzled man with his teddy bear. <laughs> old old man Christopher Robin. Yeah, I like exactly. It. I mean, yeah. So, I mean, that theoretically, that's possible. Go write the fanfic, and you know, you're you're set. Because um, they couldn't. I mean, so that's the thing about public domain, right? So the same thing happens to music. Happens to, you know, I think that there's a more famous story about Happy Birthday, right? Uh-huh. And that's that people thought Happy Birthday was in the public domain, and so people were using it all over the place. And then somebody came and put a claim and said, "No, no, I have the copyright for it." And then, from my memory of the story is that then that turned out to be inaccurate and it was in the public domain. And so that person who had gotten paid for happy birthday then had to give the money back because it was actually in the public domain. So I think, um, I already bought my yacht. I mean, right, exactly. So, um, but, you know, anyway, that's kind of at the beginning of the year. So, you know, go check it out. There's a, um, there's a website. I don't remember what it was, uh, but if you were to search public domain, there's like a law, a law firm or a legal website that kind of lists everything that's in the public domain. So it's like, if you're wanting to do a a reboot or a reimagining of something, but you don't want to pay any kind of copyright, go look what's in the public domain and and do it. I think things like like H.G. Wells's Time Machine might be in the public domain. You know, is like, Co- like is King Kong public domain yet? Uh, I don't. Know. I mean, you know, it won't be too long until like the first version of king kong the movie is gonna hit it probably um and 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 the character you know like characters like tarzan characters like uh you know and that's again where it gets weird right there's a character of tarzan from the original novels and then Mm -hmm. there's disney's tarzan right exactly Uh, you you know because like the the original tarzan is so much different than disney tarzan mm -hmm. like it it goes way off the rails there's like a, a whole bit about entering like a small like universe type deal like everyone gets shrunk and then like clayton is his name and he's like a duke in england like it's a whole extra thing you're talking about the original like the tarzan original novel. tarzan yeah. yeah i mean i don't remember the i don't didn't know anything about the the shrinking down that's interesting no no did, did you read the tar did you read the original star or tarzan so books i tarzan book? for those who don't know for those keeping track of geeks of tng lore Tarzan is actually my favorite Disney film of all time. And I, I don't know who, who else has as their favorite, but that's absolutely my favorite Disney film of all time. And I do like the, I not even like, I love the character Tarzan. It's just such a cool concept to me. So I did like some readings into like, okay, what, like, is this the only Tarzan? Is there more Tarzans out there? The Tarzaniverse, Tarzan multiverse of madness, you know, like how deep does this go? So I looked into it a little bit. I didn't do as deep a reading as I wanted to, but I did do some some light reading into it. I just at love, some point I'll sit down and get it. Yeah, I love the memes about uh, Phil Collins. It's like, hey Phil, can you do a couple songs for? Can you do a song for Tarzan? And he goes, sure. Let me give. And then boom, here's a whole. You know, I yeah. I, I did the entire soundtrack the best and every album song. Of all time yeah, it's for like any Disney. Right. I mean, so it's just like over the top. I, it was the same thing. The same kind of meme was like, I don't remember the the guy that actually wrote the music for uh, Charlie Brown Christmas, but it's like, Hey, can you give us just something kind of maybe jazzy for, for this Charlie Brown cartoon? Sure. And it just shows him like playing a piano. That's like on fire. Cause it's like the best jazz piano music ever. <laughs> and you know, so recognizable. And it's like, it's just for this dumb throwaway uh, 
Christmas cartoon sponsored by Coca-Cola, you know, nobody knew that was going to last for, you know, 60 years later. But, um, you know, I mean, everybody that recognizes would be Charlie Brown Christmas. Probably. Yeah. So. I think it's 75 years for songs. Well, I, th- I think, and I know for writing, I feel like it also has something to do with the death of the author. Like, yeah. like it's 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 a certain amount of time after the person who originally wrote it died so like there's like as long as you're alive it's yours and then it's yeah. and then the clock starts when you die like so you can pass it so your years, family can get it for only yeah. a certain amount of time so in 60 years you know when we're still going but now we're geeks of TNG someone else named Kevin can start a new big Kev's geek stuff that's right. Unless you have the trademark, which might be different rules. I don't know. If you're a tra- copyright and trademark lawyer and you would like to call us and let us know how copyright actually works, give us a call on the GVM line. 201-730-2547. All right. Let's look at a couple other things. I saw an article uh, that said 56% of people polled, so more than half, would rather just watch first release movies at home. Yeah. So I agree with that for certain things. Although with that said, I do think, I don't know about dual release, but I do think we should be focusing on putting major films in theaters because we still need to keep theaters alive. But yeah, like Encanto, I saw, or Encanto, however you want to say it. Encanto, yeah, please get Encanto. the accent right. That's been yeah. playing like three times a day, every day in my house. So I watched it on Disney Plus. I liked it, thought it was cute. Um, I wouldn't have paid to see it in theaters. But I'm happy to see on Disney Plus. But you're also a grown ass man with no kids, so I mean, you know, if you no, went no, to see no, no, like by yourself like in the Disney theater, shit. my girl, my my girlfriend loves that shit. So, so I would I would have seen it in theaters. So like, you might have seen it in theaters because exactly. your girlfriend wants to go see it, right? Yes, exactly. She loves the movie. She she's been singing the the Bruno song nonstop. Um, <laughs> Dude, you cannot escape. And like, I mean, again, the songs are good. The movie was good. I I like right. it a lot, and I've seen it a bunch now. And in the same vein yeah. as Phil Collins, Lin Manuel Miranda. Very good at making sense. Dude, that guy, yeah, he, he knocks it out of the park. I mean, you know, because when you think about it, you know, yeah, you got Hamilton, but then uh, Moana, uh, yeah. Encanto, um, In the Heights. Yeah. The guy, no, he, the guy he's, is... He's prolific. Yeah, he's, 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 he's not bad. Not bad. So, like like I said, I, I will definitely enjoy seeing that from the comfort of my couch. Mm-hmm. But Spider-Man No Way Home, a film we gushed about, a film we loved, I almost think that should only be in theaters. That shouldn't come to home first if that was an option. You know what I mean? Like, it, it I would be upset if there was a stay from home option. Because that's a film you should be only seeing if you could help it in theaters. Yeah, in a year and a half when it's been out, you can see it at home. But yep. the first viewing experience should be in the theater. But these goddamn millennials will just watch it on their phone. No, I'm just kidding. I mean... So, like, yeah, I, go ahead. watching is definitely a problem, too. Yeah, I mean... It's I, like... This but, tiny screen can't really show you everything you need to see. Yeah, but but honestly, that's the direction it's going, right? If if it's if it's fifty six percent, right? So if more than half the people would yeah. rather just watch it at home, yes, you know. Now, granted, the the TVs are bigger, and the the quality of what you can see at home is certainly a whole lot better than it you know than when you it get was a four K TV nowadays. Yeah, bucks. You know, it's not it's not like a tube television that's a square, right? Where it has to be, yeah. you know, either pan and scan or they have the bars along the top, right? It's not like it it used to be, but you know, yeah, you're giving up the the film going experience. So I think for me, what I like. Most, what, what's most important to me about going to see it in the theater is that I'm not going to look at my phone because you're in a theater, right? If yeah. I'm at home watching something, 
I'm never going to just watch it. You know what I mean? I'm always going to be multitasking. I'll at least check my phone probably a couple times. But if I'm in the theater, I can, you know, I'll watch a whole movie without the distractions. So for oh, me, yeah. that's the most important part of the film, of the movie theater experience, is it keeps me away from the distractions of being at home. Oh, yeah. No, when you're home and you're sitting in your own couch and then, you know, you someone someone's, you know, ran off to play with their toys or, you know, someone you're. you're wife and a significant other whoever gets a phone call real quick so they're talking on the phone and then you're trying to watch the tv so you gotta turn it up a little bit but then someone's trying to call you so you gotta turn it down like it when you're in a theater you you were you paid money and you were there to do an experience where you're you're zoned in you literally all you have is this film that's fantastic yeah but what sucks is you know, like you said, millenn- those damn millennials, you're not wrong, uh, my people, me and Kevin, because Kevin is also a millennial technically because he's my age. Uh, <laughs> uh, you know, the, the screen watching on your phone, you know, and I'm just going to be home and watch it because it's easier. I don't want to <laughs> go to the movies and see people, you know, the, the millennial idea of, you know, I don't like people. Well, I mean, that's in everyone. That's not strictly millennials, but I feel like, you know, the what's the word for it it's like together apart <laughs> yeah you're, you're alone together. you're you're sharing the experience and so yeah so a movie like spider-man no way home or endgame right when you can share the excitement even though you know when you're in the when you're at endgame and people are cheering and you're kind of missing some of the dialogue but that's a a, a willing sacrifice to get that experience of everybody experiencing that joy together, right? Because you know you're going to watch it again. It's not like that was your only chance to see it. You go and you watch it with a group and you have fun, and then you go watch it again. You go, oh, I didn't even hear him say that line because everybody was cheering so loud. You know, mm-hmm. you, like you may not even have heard Captain America say, "I can do this all day" when he catches, uh, you know, Thor's hammer, right? <laughs> because yeah. the, the crowd was so so thrilled with that moment. Um, but I, I, yeah, I feel like if, if it's already over half people that want to see it at home. That number is going to keep going, and you know, eventually, you know, probably in our lifetime, the the theater experience will die out. And I mean, that's going to be it's going to it's going to go the way of Broadway. You know, it's like a small thing. It's big in New York, maybe, and then like smaller places, you like a tiny theater has like two screens playing the film somehow. (laughs) There won't even be a theater on Kev's Island anymore. You know, he'll have to just watch it on his on his uh, phone. Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, I just feel like that's that's the direction it's going to go because as more and more people get the option to stay home, as more and more people prefer to stay home, then it's just not going to be cost effective and the theaters will slowly die out. So, yeah, bigger cities will probably have, you know, will be the last to go, but it'll it'll quickly die out in in small areas and more rural in areas. Suburbia, and, and, yeah, you, you know, say. it'll just it'll just go away more quickly and people won't care because they'll just watch it at home. You know, the other thing that goes along with that, though, you know, it's not just for for movies, is I know when I'm home and I'm distracted. And so there's a long list of programs that I would like to see that I know are going to require my attention, require me to not be distracted. And so I just keep putting them off until I'm going to have the time to kind of sit and give it undivided attention. And so therefore, that list of things that I haven't watched that I want to watch keeps getting longer. But, you know, and it's like... So if it's a show, I mean, you know, it would be maybe even something like The Wire, right? Which is, you know, everybody loves The Wire. I would like to see it, but I know that that's something I'm going to need to pay attention to. Also, it was, what, 11 seasons or whatever, so it's a huge time commitment. So I keep going, well, I would love to see The Wire, but 
the longer it goes without me watching it, the less likely it is I'll ever see The Wire, because I'm not going to sit down and invest 11 seasons of attention to a show that needs the attention, you know? I mean, for better or for worse, I, I, I think that that's where, like you were saying the, uh, a week or so ago, the having things come out once a week gives you the excuse to say, okay, I can devote the hour to watching this once a week. You can but, if they, but if they drop eight, eight episodes, well, I can't devote eight hours straight to watching it, so I'll end up putting it in the background a little bit, and I won't give it the attention that it truly deserves. And, yes. you know, so, yeah, so, I mean, I think that I think that you're right about that part of it. What ends up happening to me, which I don't know if people do this, you know, I've definitely been guilty of, okay, I'm going to watch a lot of this season in, like, two days. Yeah. <laughs> and I'll end up skipping, like, oh, dialogue or whatever. Well, I, and I'm I, sorry, I understand the story, but then it's like, oh, I missed this little tidbit, which and maybe the grand scheme wasn't important. But I missed it. Yeah, I, <laughs> you know, I agree. Because you drop eight episodes, ten episodes in a season, and after six or five episodes, I'm like, all right, whatever. Come on. I, I would even go back to so, like, the way that I think about content, you know, I'm uh, so like think about the way that Kev is about his collectibles, and in that he has to have all of something, right? He's a completist. Mm-hmm. I'm a completist. Like, you know, when I first started listening to geek stuff, like there were I don't know how many episodes there were when I started listening. Um, but I went back to iTunes at the time and I, you know, I listened to every episode and I was binging them. I mean, just for, you know, for weeks at a time, that's all I had, you know, I had my little iPad, iPod nano, uh, the one, and I was listening to geek stuff and, you know, so I like, I had the, the intro in my head and I would just kind of quote it as I was walking around the house and I just listened to it nonstop until I got caught up on it. And, uh, so I was, I'm the same way with like a show, like if, if, like like the the wire. I'm not just gonna watch a couple episodes of the wire. I either have to watch all eleven seasons or none of it, right? Yeah. And so I mean, again, so like going back to when I'm also the the ADD kind of person, where if when I'm working, if I'm doing paperwork or whatever I'm doing, if I'm not on a phone call with a client, if I'm just doing other work, I'll have something going on in the background. These days, that's a podcast because that's a, a, a auditory medium. You know, I can listen to a podcast while I'm doing other things. But I used to do that with, you know, you put a show on the background, right? Whether it's Seinfeld or whatever it may be. You know, yeah. back in the day, I would watch, uh, you know, Homicide, Life on the Street, which is a really good uh, series. But there was like 10 seasons of that. But it's mostly dialogue. It's mostly the homicide detectives trying to get somebody to conve- confess, right? Mm-hmm. So I would just listen to them talking. And I'm not paying 100% attention, but so it's like, yeah, so I'm like, I'm getting the gist. I'm getting the story, but I'm not getting all the nuance, right? Yeah. So you're sacrificing. But in my head, though, I am getting the content, right? Okay, I know the story of Homicide, all ep- all the episodes of it, even if I didn't, like, stare at the screen for all of them. And then to make it worse, to make it worse. And I do the same thing with podcasts. I listen to it on double speed. Double speed. Yeah. yeah. I and I did the same thing for, for Netflix when it was, this is back when it was a DVD. <laughs> you know, I'd slide the DVD in the laptop and I would tell it to play on double speed. And then I would put that off to the side and I would do whatever I was going to do. And I still do that with podcasts to the point that if whenever I listen to something live, <laughs> the people sound drunk because I'm listening to them <laughs> at normal speed. And I'm used to hearing the people talk at double speed. And that goes for myself as well. Like, you know, uh, I know that I talk fast in general. So when I listen to, either this podcast or the podcast with Brittany and I listen to it on, on double speed. I, I can't quite understand myself cause I'm talking a little too fast, but <laughs> that's just the way it goes. All right. Enough, enough about that. Let's, let's move on. Did you see the, the Riddler? 
Did you see the the image? Yeah, I did see that uh, that outfit. Um, so here's my thing. It, it would be jarring because we're definitely going for like darker kind of Batman. So it would be kind of jarring to have a guy in a bright green suit with a top hat and like a question cane and shit. I get that. It definitely does just look like the Zodiac killer or like, you know, like generic serial killer number five to me. Mm-hmm. Like he doesn't really feel like the Riddler. It just feels like just smart guy serial killer, which is fine i guess i mean i'm not a big riddler fan not that i'm anti-riddler you know what i mean but i'm not like kev with joker where it's like i need great representation everywhere you know riddler is fine to me so for me i don't care i don't know if if there's any riddler fans out there call the gvm line 201-730-2547 let us know what you thought about riddler but you know the vibe they're going for with this movie is definitely more like you know like detective noir i feel like Mm mm-hmm so it makes sense, I feel like, to have the Zodiac killer look for this guy. Yeah, I mean, it they, it it makes sense with that's probably where this character is. Like he's a he's a serial killer with a point who who thinks he's smarter than everybody else, and he's going to create you know his his ciphers, his codes. That was the Zodiac killer. I mean, you know, I, you could say the Zodiac killer was a supervillain. There just wasn't a Batman to go catch him, and no, and therefore nobody caught him. Right. Um, yeah. So, so I mean, you know, it, it, it makes sense, but it, it is just a very, like, I don't want to call it realistic, but uh, it, it looks like this, it looks like a real serial killer, the Zodiac, not mm-hmm. like a bowler hat, question mark cane, like you said, right? Yeah. It, it's it's not in any way fun or comic booky. It's yeah. like, oh, that's like, that, almost in the same way that, like, if you watched, or if you read the... Um, the the Watchmen comics, right? Like mm-hmm. the comedian, like is basically wearing an S and M outfit in the end, right? He's wearing like you know the the, the gimp mask, you know, with the zipper stuff, but like in the in the comic book, right? Yeah. And, and they they chose not to show that in the film, but I mean, it, it's like it's like that. It's like jarring. It's so out of place in a comic book feel. Yeah. That you know, so it, it'll be interesting. But I do think that yeah, that the Batman with the Sparkle Bat is going to be pretty yeah. dark. So, and I am excited for this film, but, you know, you look at this Riddler, and then you have to remember, you got Penguin in this film, you got Catwoman in this film, like, you have a lot of parts in this film, and, you know, they've pulled me in, the trailers I've seen look fantastic, the visuals look amazing, Sparkle Bat looks like a good Batman, I am excited, but, you know, you have this, like, you know, they made the Riddler kind of in the way he looks to me. He kind of, he stands out in that, like, you know, creepy serial killer kind of way. Yeah. So now it's going to be kind of weird for you to be like, okay, also on the side, while we have this fucking serial killer, uh, we have a cute girl in some tight leather pants stealing diamonds. And then we have this guy in uh, fat prosthetics pretending to be uh, the penguin. And uh, figure it out, guys. Have fun. Enjoy the movie. Yeah, and, you know, and I haven't seen... Have they shown much of the penguin? Like, do we know? Is he just a? Uh, is he a so, mob boss? Like, do we know much of how the character talks or acts at all? The only thing I can remember, he's in one of the trailers. I don't remember how he sounds. He's like driving away from Batman. He's like, "Ha ha, I got away!" And then Batman's charger comes out <laughs> of like fire yeah. and like hits his car and flips him over. He feels like he's like a like a a thirties gangster stuck in like. 2000 whatever gotham 
kind of he feels kind of misplaced a little bit. Right. And once again, like I said, we have uh, what's her name? Who's the one playing Catwoman? I I don't remember the actress's name. I think she's at like a. She is. She has like a, a famous last name. Oh. I don't. She's like a guitarist's like kid or something. Oh, like that. is it uh, Kravitz? Yes, she's a Kravitz. Okay. Um, Zoe Kravitz. I mean, that, that sounds right. It sounds right. But I don't know. Anyway, so she's in this film too, and like, there's gonna be like a love interest thing in the middle of this. Like, does this relate to Riddler somehow? Does she relate to Riddler? Does Penguin relate to Riddler somehow? Like, I'm confused what we're doing here, but I'm still excited because it looks like it's going to be interesting. It looks like the best thing DC has going for it right now because I will not see Aquaman 2. Black Adam looks okay. And that's it. Super Pets is coming out, which <laughs> might be cr- cool for kids. Yeah, that'll be for uh, kids. No disrespect, no disrespect to uh, people who are going to enjoy the film. I'm just saying, like, for what I'm expecting, you know what I mean? Like, the I don't know what DC really has going for right now beyond the Super Pets. Right. But uh, we'll see. I well, hope it turns out and, well. And, I mean, you know, it's also, it's Paul Dano as as Zodiac Riddler, right? You it's know, Paul Dano? Yeah. Is it? I mean, you know, so this is the guy from uh, The Girl Next Door. He was in Little Miss Sunshine. There Will Be Blood. You know, a few other things. Um, but yeah, so it's like, you know, that's a, that's also like a, a turn for him, to, a much darker turn for him. Well, I guess it's a dark turn for uh, Sparkle Bat too, right? <laughs> so, yeah. so I mean, so so we'll see. Uh, speaking, of, speaking of DC, did you see, um, so do you know who Stephen DeKnight is? I know that name. So he, I mean, he was a producer. Well, first of all, he produced uh, Jupiter's Legacy, so that's not that's not the good part. He also produced season one of Daredevil. Um, okay. Uh, he produced like Spartacus, Blood and Sand. Oh, nice. Uh, and oh, then, and then, but going way back, he got his start as a writer and producer, uh, and I think even showrunner eventually of Buffy, Angel, Dollhouse, right? So the the Whedon verse, right? That I really, you know, I mean, I liked yeah. all of those shows. Um, and so, you know, it's out there that, like, I don't know if he said it first or somebody suggested it and he's just supporting it on Twitter, but, like, they want him to helm a uh, Superman movie with um, with The Witcher. What's his name? Shoot. Cavill? With, yeah, with Henry Cavill, right? And he's like, Is sure. Is Cavill out? Well, that's, but, I mean, yeah, they're all out. I mean, you know, they're, but that's the whole yeah. thing is... is He's saying, "Yeah, give me two hundred million dollars and a and a free reign, and I'll I'll make a Superman." You know, so he's just kind of joking about it. I don't I don't think the studio has anything yeah. to do with it. Oh, but okay. I'm like, you know, I mean, I I like stuff that he's worked on. Again, I didn't watch Jupiter's Legacy, and apparently that kind of flopped. But I mean, man, if you list the rest of that, you know, Daredevil and Spartacus, and uh, you know, the Buffy Angel Dollhouse. I mean, I'm all yeah. in. So uh, Stephen Stephen Knight is, I in my opinion, um, he's got some. He's got a good track. He's done more good things than bad things, is what I Which would say. Which is good, right? Which is what we're looking for at this point. You know, yeah, they're not all going to be perfect, right? Um, also on the so yeah, so I'm just saying instead of uh, uh, Zack Snyder's uh, Man of the Steel, Denite it's going to be Stephen Denight's. Yeah, the Denight cut. I'm I'm, I'm all for the Rocks, the Denight cut, the Zack Snyder cut. It's all we're going to just merge them all into one giant. TNG. Movie. TNG. That's right. Um, and then did you see the Ben Affleck article? Where he basically, well, he ba- yeah, and he basically said that it, it was a horrible, like the whole DC thing was a bad experience, and I'm like, and I feel like it's not like 
the filming of it wasn't a bad experience, right? The character yeah. of it wasn't a bad experience. I feel yeah. like the fan reaction and the ultimately what came out of it and all of that, I feel like was a bad experience. Yeah. You so know? overall, I thought Ben Affleck was a decent Bruce Wayne and he was a decent older Batman, you mm-hmm. know, kind of not all the way like, you know, we might get with this Michael Keaton thing or whatever, but like, you know, an aging Batman, which was cool. And I appreciated it. So, you know, when they had Batman versus Superman, I thought he did all right. You know, I thought it was an okay film. I thought he played the role well enough for what he needed to be. And then that ended. And then they did Justice League. And Justice League really just became its own thing because no one liked the film. And those who did like the film were, were screaming and begging like a kid. If Like if you have kids and you drive by McDonald's, and they start, I want McDonald's, I want McDonald's. No, we have food at home. And they start kicking your chair and screaming, I want it. That's what the DC fans did for five years or however long it was until they released the Snyder Cut. They kicked and they screamed and they begged and they screamed. And then, all right, turn the car around. We're going to get the Snyder Cut and that's it. And I don't want to hear anything out of you for the rest of the night. Yes. And now they're asking for the what the air cut of Suicide Squad. Yeah. But. And it... I mean, that's kind of like, don't, don't feed that straight cat. I can't years of kicking and screaming really made Ben Affleck endeared to the character. Yeah. You know? Yeah, no, you're, you're right. And uh, I was going to say, don't feed that straight cat because then it's it's going to live with you forever. Don't give yeah. those obnoxious kicking and screaming fans what they want because then they're going to think they're always going to get what they want. Right? Yeah. Again, that comes back to what, I was worried, what I'm worried about because of Spider-Man No Way Home. Fan service. Because they give so much fan service. Is it, is it going to open the door to just well if we are loud enough we're going to get whatever we want and i don't want that um but yeah so affleck is basically saying you know i don't really care about what people think anymore i'm just going to do what i want kind of thing which you know good for him because you're right i feel like the the experience like the stink of Zack snyder's justice league permeates the 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 dceu right oh yeah And, and i mean you know i'll go back to to my opinion on Batman versus Superman, right? I'm a Batman fan from day one, right? I love Batman, so therefore, I don't really like Superman, right? Why do you not like Superman? Because he's boring, because nothing can beat him. If they only, It's always going to be kryptonite. It's always the same. It's always the same, right? Yeah. But I also don't think that Batman hates Superman. Like, sure, Batman resents that Superman is this unbeatable alien. And yes, Batman puts his contingency plans in place, but like... The, the, the Batman versus Superman Batman was like, if there's even one speck of possibility that he might go rogue, I gotta be able to take him out. It's like, calm down. You know, I mean, I, I feel like he was just a little too over the top in that, in his hatred of Superman from the very beginning, right? You know, I much yeah. prefer the, you know, kind of casually smug Batman, you know, kind of giving Superman some shit about being indestructible every now and then. You, you know, yeah. I mean, so, you know, the, the Batman that says... And in the, in the one, I don't know if it was from the comic book or if it was from one of the one of the animated movies, but Batman's like falling off a cliff and he's like, um, you know, maybe someone might want to help me out because, you know, I can't fly like at all. And then, you know, and then somebody catches it, but it's like, like he's just, I just love that, that he does know his limitations and one of them is that he can't fly. He was falling yeah. off a cliff and he needed Superman and or some, you know, I don't remember if it's Superman or Wonder Woman that saved him, but um, when, when they rebooted the New 52 and they were, you know, doing the introduction of the justice league um i also remember that they they did that 
I, I think it's the Green Lantern, right? When the Green Lantern first meets Batman, because Batman's in Metropolis, like checking on Superman, like everybody, you know, and like Green Lantern says, oh yeah, you know, I've got this power ring, blah, blah, blah. And he's all, what about you? What are your superpowers? You know, are you a, are you a vampire or whatever? And he's like, wait a minute. You're just a dude in a bat suit? <laughs> like Green Lantern like just like yeah. loses his mind that he actually doesn't have any powers. He's just some dude in a bat suit. So like I I just, you know, like I just feel like there's a way to handle Batman and and, and that they didn't handle it right in in Zack Snyder. They didn't handle Superman right either, right? Superman is supposed to be the boy scout. It's supposed to be a happier hopeful, you know, the symbol means hope, right? We didn't get any hope in Zack Snyder's Superman, right? Oh no, they're fucking <laughs> How many millions of people died? Right, I, and I'll tell you, I'm mean, not to get overly political, um, but I'm honestly these days when I when there's so much, uh, I don't know, it's it's in the news of people getting, uh, you know, brutalized by authority figures, and then you think about you know Batman just beating the shit out of the bad guys, and it's like I'm starting to lose my appetite for that you know what happened to innocent until proven guilty and now and i realize in in gotham and these bad guys are you know very bad guys and cartoonishly right but you know there was a snl sketch not that long ago that it was you know bruce wayne is hosting a uh you know a, a charity event and like all the people from the inner city are like yeah we gotta do something about this batman man he beat the shit out of my friend who was just you know trying to sell some cigarettes on the street you know and they were making a joke out of it but it's like you know yeah so and that's why also i i prefer it to be you know yeah let's have batman or all of them fighting supervillains with supervillain world ending plots not like yeah. in wonder woman where she's stopping bank robbers with machine guns right that is not what i want i don't want to see Regular human beings with guns fighting my superheroes because that's too close to reality. I want it to be completely fantasy with, you know, yeah, Apocalypse and Superman. Okay, that's, you know, I want it to be like that. Mm-hmm. But anyway, that was probably too political for, for our genre. I remember, when ba- I remember watching, I see, I, I like Batman Superman, but I remember watching that film and the first time in a theater and it's like, he definitely just killed a lot of those people. <laughs> Like punching a dude, like, and his neck like bending the wrong way as he hits the floor. Like, that guy's not getting up, is like ever again. Like he's he's dead. And then like blowing, pulling a car into another one, shooting it with your machine guns, and they blow up. Like, is there like a bat parachute in those bullets somewhere to save him? Like, is what's the way out of this? I mean, even going all the way back to the '89 Batman. Right there's a scene where twin machine guns pop up out of the front of the uh, uh, of the Batmobile and he shoots through the, the the door so that it falls down and he and he goes through it and like even that I remember going Batman shouldn't have machine guns there shouldn't be gun there's just no guns Batman has a no gun policy all of his equipment in the comic books is and always has been you know non lethal and and I I feel like I've read articles about like prior to you know the Dark Knight Returns. Right? Yeah. Batman was a lot like he wasn't as brooding as he is now. Like like the, the perception of Batman has moved to this always sad, always brooding, just you know, broken, traumatized character. And like he wasn't always like that. Yeah. And I mean, you know, he was camping, you know, you go back to the sixties Batman and, and the just I just feel like our perception of Batman and you know, the new Batman movie is gonna be dark again, right? You know, like like we've just moved so far to this darkness 
and you know maybe that's a reflection of the world but it's like i want a little bit more fun I in my bat like family it, yeah yeah exactly right you know yeah i mean it uh, yeah so there's there's a lot to that um speaking of the 89 batman um you did you see that keaton is going to be in batgirl he's going to play is batman he? in the batgirl movie so okay. that's going to be in the universe of the flash movie of you know flashpoint right uh-huh. um i i told you that uh michael uh Uslan, I think is how you pronounce his last name, the, the producer that I got to meet. Uh, he said basically the new Flash movie is a Batman movie with the Flash's name on it. Uh, so, which I think is I good. Mean, cool. So. I don't know. Because, I mean, I don't really care I, about Flash, but I want to see Batman. Yeah. So, you know. Especially yeah, this Flash. Yeah. I mean, absolutely. Um, so, while, while we're kind of scrolling through, uh, speaking of the Flash, speaking of the CW, did you see the CW's up for sale? Is it? Yeah. Apparently the network like has never made a profit, <laughs> so I mean it's just it's it's gonna go ne- away. Uh, like actually never? Or are you just joking? No, I mean it's like at least I mean how long has the CW been around as a network? Right, it was UPN and then um, UPN yeah. changed to the CW, and I feel like it's for at least the last seven or eight years. But I don't know how if, that might be the whole time it's been around. So they're shopping to sell that network. So what does that mean for the show? I guess the shows might be all canned at once then or it's it's more like so here's what happened do you so you don't remember the upn right united paramount I, network I, oh that's what paramount was yeah well that was i mean so that was a, a network called upn mm-hmm. and it failed and then yeah. became the cw so most of the shows that were on upn some of them they canceled some of them yeah. came over to the cw so like buffy uh was on upn upn and then um, like got canceled and then moved over to Fox for the last one. Or maybe it was the other way around. Maybe Buffy was on Fox and then it went over to uh, the new CW. I can't yeah. remember. It's been, it's been a long time. But so, I mean, what would probably happen is whoever buys it is going to, you know, take the properties and then, you know, flip the switch and turn the network off, right? Like the, the television channel, I would say in today's market, just goes away. I don't think it gets replaced mm-hmm. with a new network. I think that what's for sale is the intellectual property of, you know, what used to be the Arrowverse and is now the flat, whatever verse that is. And, and those kind of things, the shows are what's going to go get for, get sold. And those, mm-hmm. and I would imagine that they'll probably make more money if they sell them piece by piece than if they sell it as a block of, of, you know, here's everything that's on the CW currently. You know, it's a shame. It really is a shame. I, as a comic fan, I hope the Arrowverse, or whatever you want to call it, the the CW verse. I hope it like stays together. I hope it keeps it continues to go somewhere, even though it might poo poo on the shows a up not a little bit a lot. I'll be honest. Um, I don't want it to fail. I don't want it to go away because losing the losing that does it, it is a blow to comic fans. Because, you know, I love Marvel, but having only Marvel representation in live action sucks. But I mean, I mean, it is what it is. If you don't operate, <laughs> you don't operate in the in the black, then that's what happens. You get canned until <laughs> someone makes you do it. Yeah. And so so looking looking at the article, so it was UPN and the WB were two struggling networks that merged into the CW. And then it says it's never been profitable since that happened. And I mean, man, that's that's a long time ago now, and and so, I mean, but it it's like, how are you not profitable? Look at the look at the 
properties that they have, right? I mean, like Supernatural was on there for whatever, 14 years. Like 15 seasons. Yeah. Okay. And, 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 you know, again, all the Arrowverse, all those properties, and they're just not able to pull it together. So what are they doing wrong that... How do they not... How, how do they have Supernatural in the Arrowverse? I mean, the Arrowverse was, had, like, a lot of seasons of quality content. I'm not going to bullshit. And Supernatural was fucking Supernatural. People were watching that show for literal... Like a decade and a half at least. You know what it How is? How the fuck do you not succeed? It's the millennials. No, I mean, so no, what I'm saying is, so you've got this, technically it's it's niche programming, right? I mean, yeah. you know, Supernatural has a specific audience. The Arrowverse has a specific audience. But if you go over to CBS and you watch a, a CBS procedural, right? They're all the same, right? But, but you know, if you're watching, uh, you know, CSI or NCIS or... Uh, Law and Order, which I think is actually over on NBC, but but you know what I mean. Like these kind of shows pull the older audience that may still be watching broadcast television. Like the audience for the Arrowverse, like I bet they grudgingly turn on a television on a DVR and watch Arrow, but they spend most of the rest of their time watching things on a streaming platform, Hulu, Netflix, Hulu, Netflix, right? You know, or or you or or not watch TV at all, right? I I feel like it. That's the problem. Is the reason that like the content that they're creating is for an audience that is not a profitable audience for a television network. Yeah. Right? They need their version of Disney Plus somewhere. They need an app where they could put out the the Arrowverse shows or whatever and not rely on it. <laughs> and but but do you see how far we're going? Right. Remember, you used to have cable TV and you could watch all your shit because you would just get the package that gave you all the channels. And now you have to have if you want to watch all your shit, you got to have HBO and Disney Plus and Peacock and, you know, whatever the future CW and Paramount Plus and all these. So I was actually talking about that today about cable. Like, I know some people who pay like for cable. It's just like like 200 and some odd dollars for Mm -hmm. cable when you can get like. Netflix, Disney Plus, we'll say Paramount and HBO Max. That's like four of them. Four quality streaming services. So I might not have said Hulu. I might have skipped Hulu somehow. So four to five. 50, 60 bucks a month. Here, here, as opposed to two hundred fucking some odd dollars. Yeah, but here's here's the thing. Um and because I canceled cable God, it's been a couple of years ago now. So yeah, I was paying two hundred bucks a month for cable. I had yeah. you know the top of the line package. You get you get your your fo- your home phone, which you don't need at all. You get your internet and you get your cable and you get every channel there is for two hundred yeah. two hundred and fifty bucks a month. Let's call it right. So I'm thinking, oh great, I'm gonna get rid of all the cable. Just keep my internet. It doesn't even cut it in half. You're still paying you know one hundred and eighty bucks just for internet. So the yeah. package. You add the cable to it. It's really not. It's not as expensive as keeping just the good internet and then buying the the streaming services. services. It's yeah. not cheaper. It's not cheaper to do that, mm-hmm. um, which is frustrating because uh, it should be, or at least it's very close. But again, if you if you canceled cable, just kept your internet and just had Netflix or just had Disney Plus or just had Hulu, then you're saving money. But if you want to see all the stuff, you'll end up paying about the same. Maybe you're saving a few bucks for it. But it, it really is frustrating I, because I felt like if you're canceling cable, it should at, if, you've got, if you've got a package that is cable and internet and you cancel the cable part, that should at least cut it in half. But it does not. <laughs> and I was 
angry about that when I was calling. And of course, after these messages, we'll be right back. Whoa! Yeah. <laughs> wow, that's the commercial break. I guess we should uh, shut up and go to go to break and then come yeah, back. I guess I guess that's the producer telling us to shut to shut up for a little bit and go to break. That's what all happens right, folks. when you don't mute all the tracks. So uh, let's take our first and only break. Yeah, we're we're. 50 minutes in, uh, we're going, we're having a good conversation without Kev to rant and we get to talk to each other, which is fun. Um, so this would be episode 666. God damn it, Kev. After these messages, we'll be right back. Yeah. We need to get the word out that the listeners can be involved with Geek Stuff, TNG, directly by using our GVM line. 201-730-2547. Hmm. Maybe we could use our seductive voices? Huh? Our what? All right. Here. Let's read these lines in our most seductive voices, like this. Hey there. We want you to be a part of Geek Stuff TNG with your questions and your hmm comments. Oh, <clears throat> that's right. We want you to tell us what's hmm on your mind, what we are doing that you <laughs> like. <coughs> So call us on the GVM line, 201-730-2547, and you may hear yourself uh, on an upcoming episode of Geek Stuff TNG. <laughs> wow. Wow. What? Okay, here we go. I'm James Hatton. And I'm Podcast Rob. And we're the Something Something Cast. We're a pop culture podcast that chats about movies, comics, TV, music, video games, and a whole lot more. Check us out at our home at somethingcast.com. And also on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, and other fine podcatchers as well. Proud members of Hashtag Pottern Family and ACPN, the art, comedy, and pop culture podcast network. Something, something. Okay, here we go. Hey, Geek Stuff listeners. It's West Coast Scott here. Did you know I do a podcast with my lovely wife? Say hi, Brittany. Hi. Tell them about our podcast. We do a weekly podcast where we talk about travel, conventions, Disneyland, and our growing family. It's called the PieCast because we got married on Pie Day, and it's available wherever you find your podcasts. You can also follow us on social media. At Pie Day Family. And my new Twitter handle is at Pie Day Scott. Check us out. What's up? This is Mikey T, host of the Failing Hollywood Podcast. I'm just a guy who plays with props behind the scenes. On our show, we have guests who also work behind the scenes, and we joke around, we drop names, we tell real on-set stories. We even play some film games, only on the Failing Hollywood Podcast, found wherever podcasts can be found. Build your own X-Wing. Luke Skywalker's legendary Red 5 Starfighter from the Star Wars Saga. The X-Wing is recreated in stunning detail in a massive 1 to 18 scale and comes complete with remote activated working lights. 
R2-D2 motorized wings, removable hyperdrive opening cockpit, and a magazine full of fascinating facts, plus an amazing step-by-step assembly guide. You will also receive a free binder, power pack, and bookends model space. Hey, this is Big Kev, and you're listening to the West Coast. What the fuck is this I'm reading? The West Coast Scotwich? What the fuck is that? Live from the Sandwich Shop and Pirate Productions in sunny Southern California, it's Geek Stuff TNG. During our commercial break, you heard from our amazing sponsor, BuildXWing.com. This model is in 118th scale, making it the only fully scaled, fully detailed X-Wing ever made for use with your 3 and 3 quarter Star Wars action figures. This X-Wing features many amazing details, like the proton torpedo bay, working engine lights, and a light-up R2-D2. You can add your own boops, bops, and beeps. The S-foils open into attack position. The laser cannons simulate firing, and the engine lights power up, all by remote control. We recommend you take them up on their premium offer. You get one eighteenth scale hangar accessories to create a detailed display of your X-Wing, including crates, tanks, personal transporter, landing lamps, fuel pump, ladder, as well as several static figures, including ground crew members and even Luke Skywalker himself. When you sign up for your subscription each month, in addition to your parts of the model, you'll get four Full color magazines featuring instructions for the parts you've received, fascinating articles about the original models used in the movies, and more. You can collect these great source materials in a free binder, which you'll receive as part of your subscription. As a fan of collectibles, you may have seen models like this online or at shows or conventions, and I don't need to tell you the price tag can be quite high. The genius of this system is that you're paying a little each month as well as having fun putting it together yourself. You can check out more info over at buildxwing.com or reach them by phone at 877-544-6779. Check them out today. All right. So, yeah, the, the commercial break just jumped in there. We were in the middle of talking about streaming services. Let's let's just pick up on the streaming services stuff. Let me go down the list. There's a ton of stuff going on on the streaming side of things. Disney decided not to release Red Panda. Have you seen the commercials for Red Panda? That's their new animated. So I did see the commercials for it. I saw, I think I saw an ad for it, not an ad, like a trailer for it at Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. I might have seen one. So I, I had the, the general gist, and yeah, I saw their, they decided to put it on only Disney Plus now. It was a theater, a theatrical release. Was it dual, or was it just theatrical? It was probably going to be theatrical for a little while and then come to yeah. Disney Plus and yeah, I feel like Omicron is the reason for that, right? They're, so they're seeing I heard the, the Pixar people are pissed. I mean, I'm sure they are. They worked hard on happening. it. <laughs> oh, yeah. And then they're also mad that Disney Animation got out in Kanto. And then they can't get out. Yeah. Panda. I, I mean, it, it, it makes sense. It makes sense. It, it's from a filmmaker standpoint, it sucks. But again, 56% of the people said they'd rather just watch it at home. And and I think also Spider Man No Way Home versus everything else that's coming out is proving that it has to be a proven, anticipated thing. And if it's not, nobody goes out. Nobody's going out anyway. So if just Doctor Strange goes direct to, D- to Disney Plus. I will be fucking shocked. 
Oh, see, I think that's going to fall in that category of anticipated thing, right? Like Black Widow, right? Exactly. Like, you know, it has like to. that's a part of a proven franchise that they know people are going to go see. And and again, and it's not, it's not families, it's not kids, right? It's Marvel fans, which you know it's going to include kids, but it includes everybody. But Red Panda yeah. might be more of a family, and the families are afraid of COVID, and they're not going out as much. Women and families are not returning to theaters in the same numbers that uh, the 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 MCU type of demographics are. Yeah, and that that's also part of the reason why something like uh, uh, West Side Story failed. Right, that's mm-hmm. that skews a little bit more towards the the female audience, and the female audience is not returning in the same way that you know the more male skewed audience, like a Spider Man audience, is. Yeah. So. Um, anyway, the, uh, let's see, I haven't seen the second episode of Boba Fett yet. Have you, have you? I can't say I have. Yeah. Not because I don't want to, it's just, uh, technical difficulties in the sandwich household. Yeah. Prevented me from seeing it. It's, it's been busy around here and I, I'm, I'm trying to crank out The Witcher. I'm trying to watch Boba Fett. Um, I did see an article that basically in, in the latest kind of package where they're, they're showing what they're doing uh, with Mandalorian and all that, uh, Gina Carano is like not even mentioned. So like it was an up it was an update to an older article that was basically saying in the latest thing her character is not addressed at all. So um I think she's she's done done. Moving over to Netflix. Uh did you watch Space Force? The Steve Carell no, vehicle? I can't say I did. It's getting a season two. Um I don't know if it was good, bad, or indifferent. Good uh, for them. Yeah. Uh let's see. We gotta save this one to talk about with Kev, but they're gonna do a Scott Pilgrim anime series on Netflix. I did see that. Yeah. Uh, we will not comment on it in honor of Kev because, God damn it, Kev, you're not here. <laughs> um, but as Scott, uh, also Scott Pilgrim fan, not as big as Kevin, but you know, get it, get it, not as big as Kevin. Big Ke- <laughs> Ooh, <get it>. uh, <laughs> deep cut. Uh, I'm excited for the anime. Uh, I would like to see. I hope it's a good amount of story. Like I'd like it to not be a one season adventure, just because you know I like. I mean, more yeah. content. Well, so I mean, so there's. The movie Scott Pilgrim, but like the comic book of Scott Pilgrim, there's a lot of content there, right? Like if they if they just do arcs from the comic book, don't they have a lot of content? I don't know how long yeah, they have the more content. Was. I mean, there's there's stuff that they didn't do in the movies, to my knowledge. I'm not. I'm definitely way more of a movie Scott Pilgrim fan and like a general fan than I am with the comics. I don't know a whole lot about the comics. I, a good friend of mine really really likes the property, but I, I, I don't know. I'll have to talk to him about it. I'll, I'll tell you the more I watch scott pilgrim because i didn't know anything about it before i saw the movie right exactly. and, you know that's a great movie it's just so well done and and i just i really like this but again it's edgar wright right i mean you know his style he's yeah. just he's just makes good movies right they're they're so i made my girlfriend watch scott program in the beginning she's like dominic what the hell what are we watching this is stupid and like fairman's like oh my god this is a great movie like, i mean it yeah is, right it, it just it creates its universe so well i mean you know you just you understand the rules of this universe very quickly and it follows them all the way through and, and it's it's fantastic um let's let's stick on anime so tell me do you know about comey can't communicate is that something that you're familiar with and or aware of i i am not familiar with that i i heard about it i think my friends talked about this before but I have not seen it personally. I don't know much about it. Um, so it looks like Netflix is making like a, uh, almost like a Cliff's Notes so you can understand who the characters are of this anime. So again, that, that but that's an actual anime. It's not a live action. Mm-hmm. So 
So anyway, if you if you don't know anything about it, you're you're my anime source. So I was hoping that you would have something to to add on that one. But sorry, uh, that's okay. Uh, there's also going to be an Anna Nicole Smith documentary on uh, on Netflix. Are you familiar? Do you know who Anna Nicole Smith is? I know that name. So she was a uh, she was a Playboy playmate uh, in the I, I would say early early nineties. She was. Uh-huh. Um, do you know do you know what guest jeans are? Are those even still a thing that, that kids? I'm aware of that. I heard that was a thing. So so you know she she also was a, the model for guest jeans. They used to have these you know black and white ads, and she was in a lot of those. And then she's was known later on that she married like you know a hundred year old guy. I, you know like she married like a super super old guy. And then when he died, even though he left his fortune to her, um, you know the 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 kids kids fought it and stuff. So like there's a lot of like drama in her life, and then she died you know, young, uh, you know, probably from a result of some drugs and so forth. But uh, so I'll be, I'll be interested to watch that because I I was, I mean, she was a, you know, when I was in my early college days, uh, you know, she was one of those like kind of celebrity crushes, you know, like if you, if you would say, oh, you know, what, what model, what model do you have a crush on? I think Anna Nicole Smith would have been mine from back in the day. One of the last pinups. I mean, yeah. So there was certainly a lot of drama in her life and I will be interested to, to see that. Uh, speaking of uh, attractive blonde women and drama, over on Hulu, mm. that, that's called a segue, kids. Uh, over on Hulu, it's going to be the Pam and Tommy uh, show with Sebastian Stan as uh, Tommy Lee. And I don't remember oh, the wow. actress that's playing Pam. They they look so good. They look just like the people they're playing. It's amazing. That's That's interesting. I'm excited for that. And I'm not even super into the... The like lore of of Pamela Anderson and, and all that stuff, but it's so I'm funny. interested now. I, I we 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 rewatched uh, the original um, Borat before we watched the sequel to Borat, and you know the like the whole plot of the original Borat was he was coming to L.A. to try to marry Pamela Anderson. Yes, and it's just it's just like kind of funny. Like she was such a an icon at the time, and then it's like, and now in 2020, it's like. You know who's Pamela Anderson? You know what I mean. So like this will probably remind some people uh, about how big of a star she was. And it was and, the Baywatch one, right? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. And then before Baywatch, she was she was the Tool Time girl on Home Improvement. And so I mean, yeah. I mean, she was a big deal back then. Also over on Hulu. So I just saw an article this week about the show Gallivant. I don't know if you saw. I posted that over in the Discord. Did do you remember no. Gallivant? It was just a few years ago. And it's it's basically it kind of takes place in a fantasy, you know, not D and D setting, but more like you know, like chivalry, like knights and kings and and yeah. you know, damsels in distress kind of thing. And it's a musical, right? So okay. you know, so and and so there were two seasons of it. When season two came out, it got canceled like immediately. So I didn't bother finishing season two because it was canceled. Um, but yeah. then an article just came out that said, oh, you know, this show was really pretty good. If you haven't seen it, you should. So I'm like, I'm going to watch it. I'm going to I'm gonna rewatch Gallivant. So if anybody wants to do a Gallivant rewatch with me, um, I'm going to start next week. And I'm going to watch one episode a week and maybe do maybe, maybe I'll do a bonus show on, on Gallivant. But I'll have a Twitter thread and, you know, watch along with me, folks. Gallivant on Hulu. <laughs> um, and if you like musicals, you know, I mean, I like musicals. I like you know, knights and horses and sword fights and stuff. So I'm, and I, I liked the first season. I just stopped watching it because it was canceled. So why bother? Um, over on Prime, when's the boys coming back? June 3rd. Oh, yeah? Yeah. So, you know, just oh, a couple, a couple more months. Nice. Hmm? 
I'm excited to know we have a date now. I'm excited to know that we have a time frame to prepare. Yeah. I saw there was like a little teaser they released, I think like a couple days ago, like 30 seconds of just um, Homelander and what's the girl's name? This. this oh, the, the, the Starlight? Starlight? Yeah, the, the light it girl. Is Starlight. It is yeah, the light girl. The two of them standing and it's just 30 seconds of them standing next to each other and taking like photos. It zooms in slowly on Homelander's face, and he's got this really creepy smile. And then at the end, he just drops it, and then it's like, "The boys coming soon," or whatever the hell it was. And it's just like, oh, it got me so excited in just that little thirty-second clip with that, no context. That actor is so good because he he plays the, you know, psycho pretending to be nice. And then, but you know that he's faking Perfectly. it. He does. He does it so like he he conveys all of that, right? It's not just oh yeah. he's happy. No, he's somebody pretending to be happy, and you can see that from the performance, right? It's like he, literally like the littlest eye movements that you're looking for. Mm-hmm. He has them. It's every. It's like how he walks, how he looks, how he. It's fantastic. Yeah. He is great. He's one of my favorite parts of the entire like boys just thing is fantastic oh and yeah I, I as someone who is like tangentially a superman fan i'll be honest not trying to i know, I know you're a batman fan so i don't want to beef with you right now live um <laughs> i like the idea of the evil superman thing and he does it perfectly he, he does it per- and that's the thing is 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 not only does he play it perfectly but the menace is real right you know that if he's mad there's no stopping him i mean that's scary like it's legit scary uh, you yeah. know, from from the beginning, right? Like, I mean, all the horrible things that he did in in the in the show, it's just yeah, but that's real scary, and it's done well. That I mean, that's kind of how I felt. Like another example would be, did, did you watch? Um, oh shoot, what's it called? Uh, uh, damn it, what's the cowboy the one that had Timothy Oliphant in it, where he was the sheriff? Why am I not able to think Deadwood? of the name? Deadwood. That's it. Did you watch Deadwood? No, I did not watch Deadwood. What I liked about Deadwood was you knew at any moment any character could be killed because the environment in which they all lived was dangerous. And you could feel it from the way that it was written, from the way that it was acted, and all of that. That's how you feel about the boys, right? This is a dangerous world, and you can feel it. So you feel the, you know, it, it, it puts you on edge. And that just means it's well done. And that's what I like about the boys is that, you know, mm. again, I don't necessarily think they're going to kill off superman characters but man super the main characters can get effed up pretty quick i mean you know there's a lot of danger and i like that feeling of danger from that they they beat the shit out of stormfront and i didn't think they were gonna i didn't think they were gonna get rid of her in that same season yeah but they kicked the shit out of her (laughs) yeah it was good i mean and it it was it was well done and i'm so i'll be interested to see how how the characters are they're gonna have to coexist now right they've done they've done a good job of creating a situation where rather than having Homelander and our, our, and the boys, you know, just fighting, now they're going to have to kind of find a way to coexist. Right. And that's going to be interesting yeah. too. That brings something new to it. So it's not just them fighting all the time. Like the first season, it was kind of like, there's, where do you go? And they did, you know, they had a good plot that, that, that takes it somewhere. So um, yeah, I'm looking forward to that. Did you ever watch the hotel Transylvania series? I, I saw the f- first one and i think i saw bits of the second one so I, I think it's the fourth and final one it looks like andy samberg took over for uh, adam sandler as the main character 
Um, okay. But yeah, so they're finishing that up over on. That'll also be on Prime. If you if you like the hood, I mean, apparently it's been a pretty popular series, but I've never yeah, I've never I seen mean, it. I think people just you know that the idea of like just zany characters and Adam Sandler is just always a great talent to have anywhere. Anything he touches is basically gold, in my opinion. <laughs> not 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 always, not always. Jack and Jill aside, um, <laughs> but. We we watched that one recently. It was him and Jennifer Aniston, and they were like, you know, on on a not on a honeymoon. They were on like a fam on a vacation on a boat, and yeah. there was like a murder mystery along with it. And like, oh uh, yeah, 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 yeah. It wasn't great, but it really wasn't that bad. It was just kind of a yeah fine movie. I mean, you know, and he My... he's got this. It was it was part of uh, Adam Sandler's like film. Uh, deal with netflix and like with netflix, you know, yeah. he made a shit ton of money and he makes these movies and hey if people watch them they're fine i think he's done with that i think he's done with that deal now though yeah I mean, he might because he did there was a really bad western movie yeah i didn't watch that one there was the the murder mystery one there was the bad halloween movie which is like only actually okay honestly and there's a fourth one somewhere that i can't think of yeah, I do, but I think you're right. I think it was a four-picture deal. But, he, I mean, he made a lot yeah. of money for that. I mean, so, yeah. And in the middle of that, he made that uh, Uncut Gems. Right. Which I heard was, like, phenomenal. It, it was good. I mean, I, I feel like, so that was A24 pictures, right? And I feel like yeah. I, I feel like people have said, either you like A24 films or you don't. Like, they have a style to them. There's something about them. It's so like, if you like them, you like them. But they're not everyone's cup of tea. I, I mm-hmm. liked Uncut Gems, but it was very much like um, Bad Lieutenant, the Harvey Keitel by Bad Lieutenant, the original one. Have you ever seen mm-hmm. that one? I know of it. Yeah, put it put it on your list. <laughs> Bad Lieutenant. Uh-huh. That's that that definitely should go on your list. It, it's but it's basically uh, you know a a not so great person who who has gotten themselves into trouble, and then they just keep getting themselves into worse and worse trouble throughout the events. Right, so that's mm-hmm. that. Bad Lieutenant was very similar to that, just like Uncut Gems was, right? But again, but it was good. It's all character driven. I mean, you know, and he did a good acting job. I mean, you know, I mean, it's he's not just a a, a doofus, uh, you know, character like Billy Madison, right? I mean, he did a pretty good acting job in that movie. Okay. Um. All right. What about over on HBO Max? Uh, did you watch Euphoria season one? You know, we get a little Zendaya. If you didn't get enough Zendaya that's over the Zendaya, in the... that's yeah. the Zendaya like coming of age show, right? Yeah, or whatever the hell it is. I know the season, the second season came out semi recently. I think. Yeah, it, it it either just came out or is about to come out. And so this is the show that scares the hell out of me because they're all in high school, and if there's actually that much abuse, drug use, nudity, sex actually going on in high school, I am scared to death for my kids to grow up. Because it is horrific. Absolutely, it is horrific. Oh yeah, and then you know, I don't think there was a school shooting in this one, but I mean, you know, that actually happens in the real world too. So, I mean, watching this show Eh. is frightening if that's what the real world is like. Because I, I... as someone who's been in high school semi recently, um, in a pretty in a pretty big high school too. I mean, like you know, people are doing the deeds, as they call it. But like, it's not like everyone's a fucking druggie, or you know, like everyone's fight. Like it's, it definitely is dramatized a lot. Not to say that that stuff can't happen, but you know, for the sake of TV, they definitely like drum it up a little bit. 
Yeah, uh, yeah. I, ho- I hope that there's at least some uh, that it's it's not quite that bad. Um, again, good show, but very dark, very disturbing, uh, and kind of it's like it's not a it's not a happy show, right? Like you don't watch that and yeah. feel like happy and refreshed at the end. You watch that at the end and you're just like fuck. Um, if you want to watch something funny over on HBO Max, it's The Righteous Gemstones. Did you watch that? No, I've not seen that. Oh, uh, that's the you know that's the uh, John Goodman and uh, Danny McBride and they're you know a, an evangelical family. Um, so again, it's a lot of the same people that had that worked on Vice Principals, um, you know, and, and a lot of the same people that worked on uh, Eastbound and Down. So like it's it's just it's just quality. If you like Danny McBride, um, and and the stuff that he's worked on, this is this is that was really strong. I recommend it. Um, and then lastly on the streaming stuff. Uh, Bel Air is coming to Peacock. Did you watch the preview for that? No. So picture the Fresh Prince of Bel Air, but as a drama. Oh, like like doesn't look funny at all. Looks like you know, like like Euphoria, but you you still get the character of Will from Philadelphia, you know, West Philadelphia, born and raised, right? You still have Carlton and Ashley and Aunt Viv and you know all the same characters. But it, it it's a one hour drama and not a twenty two minute sitcom. Oh wow! And, and... <laughs> What's funny is because like the story, I feel like Fresh Prince can be a good drama, but it's just gonna be funny. Like no, I hate to say funny, but it's like you know we're laughing and singing in Fresh Prince of Bel Air. Bel Air, <laughs> right? No, that's <laughs> you know, it. Like... It's this is the serious version of Bel Air, and. and... So my, my problem is you could tell that same story and be serious about it. But then when you tell that same story and you're serious about it, and then you call it Bel Air and it's Will, the Fresh Prince. I mean, you know, you know, when it's, when it's the character of the Fresh Prince from West Philadelphia, that just yeah. puts a taint on the story that it's going to be hard to take seriously. Cause so if they're going to try to be a serious drama and handle the issues that, that it looks like it's going to handle in the, in the trailer for it, I feel like yeah. it's going to be hard to take it seriously. Like if it was just a different story about a kid from an inner city neighborhood that moved with wealthier relatives in LA, right? Like that's the, that's the basic story. Yeah. And then it's the fish out of water story. That's okay. But when you call it Bel Air, I, I think there's too many ties to such a beloved and silly and fun sitcom, right? Which did take a lot of, it did have serious moments that tackled a lot of things. So it's not like, you know, like they did tackle a lot of things in the sitcom My... style, right? You know, oh, you, yeah. you, you handle yeah. it and then like, you, and then you have a quick joke. It, it, you know, it's praise, punch, pay, praise, right? It's joke, yeah. serious joke to pull you out of it. So you don't think about the, the harsh stuff too long. And this one's, no, got, they, this they, one's they, not going to have even, any jokes. Even, even in Fresh Prince, like there was, there was an episode about like that. I think a lot of people know. Maybe it's just me because I did watch a lot of Fresh Prince too. That was also on that that Full House Nick and Knight uh, <laughs> thing. Um, they had an episode where like Will Smith's dad came back, mm-hmm. and there's a whole speech at the end, and then you know Will and Uncle Phil like it's a whole thing, and then at the end Will and Uncle Phil hug, and then the show just ends. It's like fuck, yeah, that was like intense. Like they they Fresh Prince. They they do do the like like joke serious joke. They also did like serious and <laughs> yeah, 
Yeah, so I mean, again, and this is produced by Will Smith, right? So I mean, I wonder if if <laughs> is the intro for the show going to be the original intro, but just like sopranoed up a little bit and more serious, where it's like woke up this morning, got beat up at a, at a basketball court. Right. Well, Mama it, said it, you had to go to your uncle's house. Right. Yeah. Exactly. It's it's like when they when they take some old movie or old song and then make it all creepy for like a horror movie. Yeah. Uh, like, yeah, so you're right. Are they, are they going to turn it around and do that with it? I wonder how it's going to be. That I mean, yeah, it really could be that way. <laughs> what else we got on the docket? Oh, let me see. There is a um let's talk let's talk comic news. Hold on. Geek stuff. Comic news. Smell that? That's the smell of new comic books. So over in in comic book news, let's start with Marvel. Did you see you can vote for a new X-Men or somebody to join the X-Men team. Ooh, what are the options? Oh, you know what? You know? I, I Yeah, I do, but I didn't I didn't know most of them. When I looked, I'm like, who the hell's that? Like, I feel like I only recognized one or two. Um, if you go to marvel.com slash X-Men, oh. X-Men vote. So who can we vote for? We could vote for a character named Armor. Never heard of him. Uh, a character nope. named Avalanche. I'm sorry, do you know who Armor is? I am looking through this. We got armor. Don't know him. Avalanche. Don't know him. He, he was a, one of the Brotherhood of Evil Mutants. So I, I I remember that character. Bling. Don't know him or her. Firestar. I know Sounds Firestar. Familiar. I feel like that. I feel like that they th- they use that name though. Like I don't know if that's like the same fire. No, that's that's Anyways, Firestar. Firestar from Spider Man and His Amazing Friends. That's where she got her start. That, that, that is the one that is using? Firestar. She she's a mutant. She has fire powers. I think they already have Sunfire in the X Men right now, so that doesn't really matter as much. But uh, I'll, I will also note that Firestar is my first cartoon crush. So um, not that it matters, but I would vote for Firestar. Uh, gentle. No clue who this dude is. You know, you're not really gonna be scared uh, of a mutant named Gentle. Yeah. Oh no! Look, it's gentle. <laughs> you guys say it quietly. Look, it's gentle. <laughs> Gorgon. Uh, don't know her. Sounds cool-ish. Micromax. Wow, they really. You know, it's a shame that I don't know who these people are because I do enjoy the X Men. I don't know a single person on this list besides Firestar. Yeah, the, I hope what... Firestar wins for that exact reason. Exactly. Finishing up the list, it's Penance. Siren and Surge. So yeah, I don't know any of those people. So I mean, again, I haven't read X Men comics in a long, long time. But if you would yes. like to vote, who's in the next? Uh, then who who joins? If you'd like X-Men. to vote for someone besides Firestar, right? Uh. Um, sticking with a, a, a graphic novel that's coming out. I, my friend was telling me about this one the other day. Did you hear about Spider Man Life Story? I did hear about that. I didn't know what it was, but I heard about this somewhere. Yeah, so so I, I, guess, I think it's coming out in trade now. And it's it essentially takes all of the arcs that have happened through Spider-Man comics through the years, right? Like the Clone Saga and, you know, the death of Gwen Stacy and Mary Jane. And mm-hmm. it just it puts all of those arcs, but it's as if Spider-Man started in the 60s as young Peter Parker and then just experienced them in real time through his life. So, oh, wow. so here, it, here it is now in whatever 2020 Spider-Man's old, um, Miles Morales is like picking up the torch, but it like, so it just, it tells it through, it, it tells it as if there wasn't any of the, 
rebooting, retconning, starting over the universe. It just tells it as if it was one long Spider-Man story, which sounds really cool. Um, so I yeah. think that's out in a trade. They now, should so. do that with. I I've always wanted to see that story told with other heroes. Like, isn't Batman at this point like eighty years old? Of like eighty years of Batman or whatever? Didn't we pass that like yeah. last year? Yeah, that was like I think two years ago was Batman's eightieth. Like it'd be really cool if they because I think his first comic came, like not for his first but first came out like forty something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think it'd be cool if, like, we went through that and, like, maybe we did Batman Beyond in, like, the 90s. Like, just, like, like Gotham looks Batman Beyond in, like, 1995 or whatever. You know what I mean? But but yeah, you do the I same thing, be... right? All, all the different arcs, right? You get the death in the family. Yeah. You get Jason Todd. You know, like, all the things that you know have happened and you just, yeah. you know, take them through. I, I, I do like that idea. I think that's a, that's a good concept. And I bet if, you know, Spider-Man Life Story seems to be well-received... I wonder if they'll kind of do those just, you know, from the birth of the character through yeah. a real time, normal life, life expectancy without, um, without getting, making them younger, just letting them live their life and have it happen. Yeah. And then adding the aging to it as part of it. So I'm not a Spider-Man reader, uh, but I'm, I do want to read this very much. Actually. I, I feel like I would like that. Cause then again, then you get, you get to experience all of those important story arcs that maybe you didn't read when they were live yeah so so yeah so I, i'm interested in that um let's see we can we can jump over to uh video game news did you see um so take two i guess that's the company that produces like red dead and a few other things right mm-hmm. they're buying zynga are you familiar with zynga I'm not familiar with Zynga. So Zynga is the company that did Farmville and probably like Mafia Wars or whatever. And they uh-huh. did poker, you know, like they did all those microtransaction Facebook games. Yeah. That that still kind of exists, like like Words with Friends and, and you know, I mean, but I can't imagine that it's worth $12.7 billion for the for you said ba- Zynga. You said billion or Bi- million? Billion with a B. What? I mean, these microtransactions, man, you, you know. How many farms were in Farmville? Oh, dude. I mean, at its height, Farmville, like, <laughs> Brittany's mom used to have, like, like, 10. Yeah, everybody had, like, she used to, like, log into everybody else's Facebook accounts to, like, send herself other Farmville stuff, right? Hell, these days, right now, I'm playing this stupid game that is, it's a Disneyland, like, version of Farmville. Basically, you're building your Disney park, and you have to send all of your little characters to do their jobs, and you have to keep logging in every couple of hours to send them out to do their... And it's just, at this point, it's just my OCD that I want to keep it going because I don't want to lose my streak, but it's pointless. It's just completely pointless waste of time. Yes. So, um, it looks like they're updating the AI for the next Call of Duty game. Do you play Call of Duty? I am a Call of Duty fan. I do play Call of Duties. I've been playing the uh, the Halos lately, though. I've also been playing Fortnite. <laughs> now, and Fortnite's a big microtransaction kind of game, right? You can you can pay to so, play. So you can Fortnite buy stuff. Fortnite is a free game, but it's cosmetics. That that's what you would pay for. It's like you could just you could pay no money and play the game completely the same as everybody else. You pay money when it's like. Oh, look, you could be Master Chief. You could be Dwayne the Rock Johnson. You could be Boba Fett. You could be Kratos from God of War. 
give us five ten dollars. It's okay. It's only five to ten dollars. Yeah. And then it's five to ten dollars. It's five to ten dollars. It's five ten dollars. And then every couple every couple like weeks, every couple months, they release a new season, which comes with season exclusive skins. You won't get anywhere else except right now, right here. So then you FOMO. Then you have to spend twenty dollars <laughs> to get into the battle pass. And then you have to level up your battle pass. But if you don't want to level up and it's too hard to play the game to level up, you could buy tiers to get leveled up faster, to get your satisfaction faster. It's a whole thing. It is so, a whole little market. So, and oh, yeah. It, but it, kids, it is pay to play, right? Stealing I mean, their parents, they, they have their these kids stealing their parents' credit cards, spending legitimately hundreds and literally thousands of dollars just so you can be superman in Fortnite. right oh that's crazy i mean yeah like i said that's why that's why zynga sells for 12 billion dollars because those microtransactions they add up even if it's just a buck here a buck there five five yeah five it it really goes uh let's see it looks like there's going to be some upgrades to ps5 so are you all done with consoles now see I'm i'm not all done because there are games coming out for ps5 that I want to play, one of them being God of War. I'm a big God of War fan. I've been a fan a long time. I definitely it's that time of the night. We turn on the black light. Let the dungeons and the dragons begin. It's D&D. Wow, you did. Fighting with the legends of yore. It's D&D. Good job. So I actually got you that time, right? You did. Genuinely got me. That's good. Um, the reason that I'm doing that is it's we also get we get double we're gonna double up on the production because it's not just D and D it is Ooh. the Kickstarter of the week so hold on let me throw that Ooh-hoo. in here too there is a Kickstarter let's let's do that hold on let's let's just keep keep the production alive exciting exciting. Riveting. <laughs> what is this? Geek Stuff, Kickstarter of the Week. Yeah, that's good production right there. Uh, so I saw a Kickstarter. I'm kind of calling it D and D and D. Okay. It's a way to do the Dungeons and Dragons, but it includes like disabilities, like you know physical ailments and and physical issues and a way to include those in your Dungeons and Dragons game to make it a little more representative a little more representation I just thought that was interesting awesome. and I, I saw I saw the Kickstarter for it and I thought that would be a good one to talk about on uh, you know on the Kickstarter of the week this week uh, and it would give me an excuse to use the D&D production so that's always good no that's awesome it's uh, right now it's on Kickstarter it's under I think limitless heroes. Uh, Limitless Heroics, I think. Heroics, Heroics. My apologies. Yeah, and so uh, yeah, and they're, and they're funded. I mean, right? It's, so it's it's their the goal was ten thousand. They're at twenty, almost twenty five thousand right now, and they still have twenty three days to go. So you know, certainly uh, check that out. But it's it says it's got what four hundred and fifty symptoms, game mechanics for nearly every symptom in existence, plus a few fantasy symptoms, right? Seventy eight random tables to help you uh, generate symptoms or the degree of severity. Um, new magic items, monster stat blocks, spells, 
uh, and thousands of real-world examples and tutorials. You know what? I mean, again, I wish Kev was here. He was talking about his brand, his patented random character generator, right? Yes. You know, where, like, you don't get to play the class or the race or the or, or, or what you want. You get everything's completely random. This would add a, a, a fantastic element to that, right? You know, you're yes. not only, you know, you're adding just other things that can happen randomly to any person, right? So I just, yeah. I just feel like that's, that's a way to add, I guess, some realism to your mm. d and I mean, you know, just, just to add something and just increasing representation there. So, yeah. Um, yeah. I remember, I forget the exact context of it, but there was a big uproar. I don't say uproar, there might not be the right word for it, but there was a character released in a and d book that was in a wheelchair and they, there was like a battle wheelchair might've been like an item you could get something along those lines. And like, I've seen the mini for the character and I've seen the character in a book I have, but it was like a big deal. It's like, Oh, you have this character in a wheelchair in D and D. And you know, there were people who were like, why would you do this? This isn't what we're looking for representation. There are other people who I agree with. It's like, listen, there are people, all kinds of people, all kinds of shapes, sizes, and ailments and things they have to deal with that play D&D. And if they want to have a character in a wheelchair, then they should be ha- have the ability mechanically to play that out. You know what I mean? It should just be a thing we can do. And even for people who just like, for role play purposes alone, it'd be interesting to play a character who's in a wheelchair it's just interesting even where you get to you get to like i hate to say i don't want to sound horrible it's like you know you get to like play into that where it's like you can add depth to your character like hey listen i can't use my legs but i still want to be an adventurer like that's cool and and that's i think that like what you're saying is that everybody the reason that there are fantasy games is because people like to role playing games you play these different roles but you want to see some sometimes you want to see some of yourself in that role you're imagining yourself to be the character and yeah. maybe you do want to to yeah you know to not only overcome the monsters you know and have the adventure but overcome the the physical you know issues and so i i i do i think that that it, it makes sense, and then it also could add that you know you know maybe maybe the characters do get you know it maybe it's not a a I mean you know maybe they get injured maybe they they lose a limb or or, or lose the ability this ability or that ability and you want to continue to take that on and, and and you know live out that character's you know adventuring life so so yeah anyway when I was a, a DM in my first campaign I had a character who got his most of his right leg chopped off just clean no and there was no way to heal it he was boned so we had to we literally was like do you want to keep with this character or not so yeah i want to keep it so, all right well listen you need like a cane your speeds and, and it was a whole thing about him mm-hmm. like being an adventurer and he had like a metal he had got like a prosthetic leg that we we found someone to forge it for him and like he got he had like a cane and like it's a whole thing. It was kind of like interesting. Yeah, and so so this this book, this Kickstarter, would then just help give you some of the the statistics and the and just give you the rules to go along with that, right? I, I think hey. that yeah. So I again really really thought it was interesting. Um, you know, I feel like I feel like I should go back this one. I've been collecting a, a few other 
and I think the, I saw like RPG Kickstarters, the, and this one might be a good one to pick up. Was this from uh, like Wormwood, or am I imagining that? I, th- I feel Wormwood, like I'm pretty sure they're they're a big name in like D and D accessories. Let's see, Limitless Heroics. Did it tell me who it's through? I thought I saw it was through Wormwood. Um. Wormwood, the Wormwood Publishing, whatever the hell it is. This is so it says Wormwood Publishing. I don't know if it's the same company, but like Wormwood is big in D and D. Like they did like the some of the stuff for like Critical Role, like mm-hmm. some of their like their set pieces. So the fact that they're getting involved in this is really cool, and I appreciate that. You know, big on the inclusion, right? Yeah. So, uh, so yeah, let's see here. What's the what are the different levels here? So it looks like you can just back it. You can just give a bunk and uh, a buck and get a little ac- online access for twenty five bucks. Uh, you get the PDF, and looks like for thirty you get the audio version, and for seventy five you get your name in, and a print on demand version. Um, shopkeepers, so if you if you own a a small uh, store uh, for 200 bucks you can get uh looks like the shopkeeper version like a print on demand version so uh you know again definitely interesting i think you know might just be able to pick up the uh the pdf of it and and have those rules for you know your next campaign or anyone that might be interested in playing that all right i think we can wrap up the D segment here it's dnd Warriors that terrify. It's D and D. All right. So let's see. Uh, I'm gonna just hit on a couple of real quick theme park things. Oh, I can put my theme park spoiler in here too. Geek stuff. Theme park news. Uh, so do you know who uh, Chapek is? The Disney CEO. CEO. They call him Cheap Cheapik. I think I know that name. <laughs> so his name is Bob Chapek, and he's the one that took over when Bob Iger left. And mm. I don't believe that he is well liked among Disney employees. Um, and I mean, certainly the the theme parks. Although there was a pandemic, the theme parks have slipped under his rule, and uh, so. He just basically said that he, he sent out a a memo to the Disney staff and said, hey, the, you know, these are the three pillars of Disney success going forward, right? And it's, it's uh, you know, telling good stories. And what are the three? Hold on. Where is pillars? They want to storytelling excellence, innovation, and focus on our audience, okay? Now, again, if you look at that as Disney as an entertainment company, story, innovation, audience and then you think about Encanto and Red Panda and okay but I guess me personally I when I hear Disney although I know they're an entertainment conglomerate right Mm -hmm. I think of Disneyland right and how the parks have slipped in quality not because of the cast members but because of the decisions that are coming from the top right yeah and and I mean there's a lot to kind of not be be happy about at Disneyland these days and so, mm-hmm. I mean, you know, is he focusing on the audience? Because I'm the audience for Disneyland, right? And, you know, they're not focusing on what makes things better 
for the part goer, for the pass holder. There aren't even pass holders anymore. They change it to the magic keys, and you can't even get a reservation if you want to go. And I mean, you know, so, but I, I, when I read that audience, I don't think he's talking about the audience uh, as people that go to the parks. He's talking about people that consume the media content, right? But Disney mm-hmm. does more than just media, so... I don't. I don't know. I mean, he's. I'm not convinced that Chapek has what it takes to lead, at least the park part of Disney back to its greatness, right? Because it's mean, fallen from grace. Yeah. I think Disney, just over the. I mean, I don't know. I just. How do I say this? If you don't live in the immediate vicinity of those parks, though, I do think it is like, mostly it is an entertainment. Like it is a streaming services it is films it is tv shows i think they do just kind of like i think that the parks are just their gravy you know what i mean it's like oh i made a billion dollars putting out endgame and i made some money with the parks too yeah and, and I, that i think is part of the problem i mean that's the, the the thing is that they want the parks to be as profitable as the film franchises so they are you know squeezing the people that like to go to the parks Right. And so they keep raising the costs and the experience has been level at best, if not slipping a little bit, but the costs keep going up. And it's like, you know, and it's just it's sad because, you know, you you have a love for the parks, just like you have a love for your Disney characters. Right. You you know, but it's almost like, you know, oh, you want to watch the Tarzan movie again? We're going to have to pay for it again. And you know what? The video quality is not going to be as good as it used to be. It's going to be a little scratchy. You know, uh, the yeah. the image isn't going to look as good. It's gonna it's gonna, uh, you know, it's gonna blank out every now and then, right? Like it's it's unfortunate. And so, I don't know. I just I just saw that Did article. You see about the um about the lightsabers, the build the lightsabers, about the bags. No, tell tell me. So what? the build the lightsaber thing. I think it's like two fifty for the experience to build the lightsaber. Yep. and all that stuff. If you want a sleeve or like a, a, a container for your lightsaber, you now have to pay an additional fifty dollars. Did they used to be included? They were included. Oh before. wow! Yeah, I mean, honestly, now it surprises me that it was included before. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it, it doesn't surprise me that they're doing that, but it does surprise me that it was originally included in yeah. the purchase. They gave of, you of a, something to take it home in, and yeah. now it's you got to pay fifty bucks for it, or I think they just literally just let you just leave, or they might give you like a plus. Yeah. You know what? That makes sense because I feel like I have seen a lot more people just carrying the lightsabers around the park when I used to see yeah. them all in, you know, because it's a nice, the bag was nice, right? It, the lightsaber slips in it. It's got a shoulder yeah, strap. Yeah. And and I, I, I have noticed that I've seen a lot more people carrying them around the park now that you mentioned that, but I thought it was just because they were, you know, playing with their lightsaber. But now it's that they didn't want to shell out an extra 50 bucks for the bag. That yeah. That's, again, that's milking your audience for every penny it's nickel and diming them and it's really unfortunate speaking of nickels and dimes um i was at disneyland last night and Mm -hmm. the christmas droids were finally in they had been sitting on a boat outside of long beach for who knows how long so here it is literally you know 2022 and the christmas droids just came out so i was able to get them for kev he was sweating that i wasn't going to be able to get them i was sweating i'm like man if i don't get these is kev going to lose all am i going to get fired as unpaid uh producer because i was not able to obtain the how am i uh, going to support my family <laughs> if i lose my unpaid job um but yeah so so again i i there are some legitimate 
I think, issues slash complaints for park goers. But, I mean, yeah, nobody's going to complain about the quality of, like, Encanto was fantastic. I'm sure Red Panda is going to be incredible. All, you know, No Way Home and, and the MCU and all the content that comes out from Disney is great. But I, I do, side. especially on the Star Wars side, but I feel like they're just trying to, they're trying to, instead of using the parks as a, you know, just a way that fans can enjoy themselves and maybe yeah. keep it, you know, revenue neutral or just make a little bit of profit, like any company that answers to shareholders, well, if it could make a dollar profit, well, what, can it make $2? Could it make three? Could it make four? Let's keep trying to pull more profit out of it. And then in the middle of trying to pull all that extra profit out of it, you got a pandemic going on. You got a shortage of, uh, I don't want to really call it a shortage of workers, but they are definitely understaffed. And, and so all these little things just make the park going experience a little weaker. And yeah. I want them to fix that problem. And again, I would never say that doesn't, that has nothing to do with the cast members, right? The folks working at the parks do a great job and they're incredible. Oh, yeah. We got to meet uh, Mirabel from Encanto, oh, nice. you know, over, over in DCA. And I mean, the kids love it. She's fantastic. She works. She just, you know, the interaction with the kids is great. And, and I mean, those are the things that you want. And so those experiences are still good. Um, but you know, it's been months now and they haven't turned the trams back on. So you have to walk from the parking garage, which is just about a mile and, mm -hmm. you know, getting to the park and walking a mile, that's okay, but at the end of the day, when you've been walking around the parks all day long, and then, oh, I got a mile hike back out to my car now, when they have perfectly good trams just sitting over there that they're choosing not to run for whatever reason, is it because it's too yeah. expensive to pay somebody to drive that tram? I mean, again, so they're saying, well, we would rather take the extra profit by not paying somebody to drive the tram and make our thousands and thousands and thousands of guests every day walk an extra two miles, Right. Because we're gonna and we're gonna make more money that way. That's what it feels like mm -hmm. when there is a convenience that they could turn on that would make a big difference for their park goers, and then they choose not to do it, and that's annoying. So again, that being said, there was also an article about people want, uh, about whether Bob Iger, the previous CEO of of Disney, would run for president. I believe he said he wasn't going to do it. And then I also found an article that said that the Galactic Cruise Line, right, the one yeah. that looks like the the, the thing. They're not getting booked like they thought they would because it's too goddamn expensive. Like 10000 a night. I mean, yeah. Like that. Nobody's – just people can't afford to pay that much. It's a – it looks like it's an incredible experience, but who's going to pay that much? Yeah. No, so. I mean, there's a difference between being like an expensive – like for that much money a night, you could go literally on like a flight somewhere and spend – all of that money for three nights and galactic cruises, you could literally take that money, go on a nice flight to a nice place, spend a couple of days, see beautiful things outside, <laughs> and then go home instead of spending three days inside of a, a dome with Star Wars effects. Yeah, and it, it looks like it's in the neighborhood of six grand. So, you know, yeah. like, yeah, you could literally, you could go visit Kevin Hawaii. Two or three times for $6,000, right? You know, you yeah. can take your whole family to Hawaii for $6,000. So, I, I, I mean, I, I feel like, I, and I've heard it said, and it may not be true, um, but I've heard it said that Walt wanted Disneyland and the parks in general to be a place where families could go, right? And he wanted it to be, I, and I've heard I, I've heard it said both ways, that he wanted it to be affordable so Fam, you know, parents could take their kids and go have fun and let the parents could have fun too because, you know, the, the, the things that he saw 
the kids could ride the rides, but the parents didn't have anything to do, so it wasn't fun for the whole family. And he wanted something that was fun for the whole family. And I had heard that he wanted it to be affordable. And then I've heard other people more recently say, no, he didn't care about it being affordable. He just wanted it to be out there. But again, they are pricing many, many people out of the market. And the problem is that the demand is there that lets them continue to do it. And, Mm -hmm. you know, I don't see anybody, I don't see enough people going, well, screw it. We're going to boycott Disneyland because there's just somebody right behind them that would be willing to go and pay the price. And so it's just, it's just disappointing. I don't know. Maybe I've ranted. I, you know what I should do, and, and here's where I stand. I'll do my, my rant about Disneyland. <laughs> Maybe I'll put that in there. How much production do you want to do? I love production. Um, all right. Anything else you want to talk about? I've ranted enough. We said the whole second uh, half was going to be rants. It's your turn. What do you want to rant about? Uh, uh, you know what really makes me upset um, when Kevin doesn't show up? All right, folks. <laughs> Let's do the plugs. <laughs> what are Kev's plugs? Uh, he is BK Geek Stuff on social media and BKGS. I always forget his gamer tag because it's it's weird amount of it's a weird amount of initials and stuff. But he's BK Geek Stuff on social media. And is it Big Kev GS on the Xbox? I don't think it is. I think BK. If if you know Kev's gamer tag, call the GVM line. 201-730-2547. Or follow us on all the social medias, right? Uh, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, GeekStuffTNG on all those places. Support us on the Patreons where you can get access to the Discord server for a dollar a month. You get the early bird special for three bucks a month. Five dollars a month, you get the sandwich shop and the vintage episodes. For ten dollars a month, you get the live episodes like this one where sometimes things go wrong, but we're going to upload the recording from the Zoom right to the Patreon where you can watch and still see the live shenanigans. Yay. Uh, you can follow your uh, intrepid producer, unpaid producer, Pide Scott, on the social medias. Uh, and then where can you find uh, yourself, Mr. Sandwich? You can find me on Instagram at Xbox One, at Fat Dumbledore, F-A-T-D-O-M-B-L-E-D-O-R-E. And then what are we calling the episode? God damn it, Kevin. God damn it, Kevin. So with that, we will end episode 666, The Number of the Beast. Episode 666, God damn it, Kev. The way we end some episodes by saying... Good night, Sydney Poitier. Wherever you are. And on that note, we cue the music. Let him who hath understanding reckon the number of the beast. For it is a human number. Its number is 666. I left alone, my mind was blank I needed time to think to get the memories from my mind What did I see? Can I believe that what I saw that night was real and not just fantasy? Just what I saw in my old dreams the reflections of my woman staring back at me Cause in my dreams It's always there The evil face that twists my mind And brings me to despair
hey. All right, good job, guys. Uh, let's just not come in tomorrow. Let's just take a day.